0: Hey, um, we're so glad that each and every one of you are here. If you're joining us online, a special welcome to you. And if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name's Michael, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at the church. And it really is an honor and a privilege to be able to share with you guys this morning. And Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. And we've started this Christmas series during our Advent season here at Bethesda. And we're walking through the Christmas story together. And I think, pastors are a little bit at a disadvantage when it comes to the Christmas season because you already know the story and you already know what we're going to talk about Um, and so it's not like we can bring anything necessarily brand new to the story because so many people already know what our text is going to be. So my question for you guys this morning as we're getting ready to get started is just simply this. How many of you have ever had to return a gift before? Anyone in here ever had to return a gift? Okay, a few of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So what I thought I would do this morning is just help you guys out a little bit. And I brought some gifts. Um, I don't know if any of you are um, attracted or deceived by infomercials um, like I am, but I remember one Christmas season we were at Linnell's mom's house and I couldn't sleep so I turned the TV on and the infomercials came on and they they talked to me about a vacuum cleaner that could literally suck up a bowling ball and I said that's exactly what I needed in my life I didn't know I needed that but now I do know that I need that and so we bought it and it was a big disaster and it's I think at Goodwill now but here, here's a, a couple of things just uh, if you have purchased or if this is a stocking stuffer for you this is called the smart swab um, it's an ear cleaner go ahead and take this back now okay this, this is not something that you want to purchase. This is an unwanted Christmas gift, probably for those who love you or those who are around you. Um, this is called the sock slider, okay? For those of you who aren't able to reach down um, and pull your socks up, this is called the sock slider. And this will probably be good for two or three months, but then after that, it's probably not going to stay on um, or keep your socks on very much. And so we'll, we'll put that. These are all unwanted gifts. Men. If you've purchased this for your wife called the Wonder Arms, take it back now, okay? This is not a gift that your wife will enjoy. I hope you kept your gift receipt, okay? So this Wonder Arms, cross that one off of your list, all right? um, Another one, just more information for all of you guys, magnet eyelashes. I tried these on, um, and it took three weeks for my eyelashes to grow back, so... Do not, do not buy these. Do not purchase these magnetic eyelashes. And then the last one is just simply this. It's called Lock Wallet. Um, Many of you know that I posted on social media this week. Our car got broken into um, and the lock wallet did not help my wife. Okay, so um, you can go ahead and make sure that you take this back. Um, And it's all of the infomercials, though, whenever I see them, I I think that I have to have whatever they're promoting or whatever they're advertising. And on a serious note, isn't it true that there's probably some point in time in your life and in my life when things have happened and they were unwanted, unexpected, they were random, and, and we wish that we could take them back. We, we wish that there was a gift receipt, we wish that there was a store, we wish that there was a place where we could take those things in our lives and, and give them back. Because I, I think all of us, whatever phase of life you're in, whatever part of life that you're in, you, you want your life to makes sense if if this tree could represent our life just for a moment and this is our Charlie Brown tree Uh, Ron asked me why couldn't you get a better tree where all the ornaments were staying on and I was like I like it it's like our Charlie Brown little Christmas tree here but but we want our life to make sense don't we 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 do things like this so whenever we were younger we we started school we went and we we were able to to go to school And, and so we we hang that on and we know where that fits in our lives and then maybe we, we got a job after we graduated from school. And it was the job that you were planning on having. And, and so you know exactly where that fits in your life. And you can, you can place that, that piece of, of your life there. And, and then you, you get married. You, you find your wife you you find your husband and 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 you fall in love and then so you place that and you know exactly where it fits in your life and and then you have kids you get a promotion And, and so all of these things we we want to look at our lives and and whenever life hands us something we want to be able to say hey i know exactly where that fits I know exactly where that goes in my life. I I know exactly where that's supposed to be. It's not random to me. And and all of us, this isn't just an American thing. This just isn't a Christian thing. All of us, we even have terminology. Has anyone ever said this to you before? They'll say things like this. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. Don't ask me hard questions. But but everything happens for a reason, right? Right? Or, or this one, I, I don't believe in coincidences. Well, what do you believe in? I, I don't know what I believe in, but I don't believe in coincidences because I, I know everything. They're, 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 it happens for a reason in our lives. Well, you just haven't met the right person yet. And, and you want to say, well, when will I meet the right person? I don't know. But, but you just haven't met that right person yet. Or, or I guess it just wasn't meant to be. What does that mean? Well, there's a meant to beer out there and they, they keep things, that, and I don't know if it's karma, I don't know if it's God, I don't know if it's some cosmic force, but, but I, I just don't believe in random things. And, and all of us, we want, there's something deep inside of you, there's something deep inside of me. We want life to make sense. We want life to make sense. And so we come up with these terminologies or, or we try to excuse things whenever life doesn't make sense. Whenever it feels like life is random, we try to explain it away. And, and if you have pets, I don't think your goldfish or your cat or your dog, they think about these type of things. I, I don't think they're, they're sitting there and they're wondering, well, I wonder how yesterday's nap connects to today's nap. And, and I wonder in five years when I look back over my life as a pet, I'm going to be able to connect all of my walks and all of my naps together and it's all going to make sense. I, I don't think your pets are, they, they don't think about those type of things. So, so what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Why do we want, why is there this desire inside of us to be able to explain things for things to have order in our lives? And, and Christians, we, we have an answer for this. We believe that everyone, whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian or you're a church person or you're not a person, church person, we, we believe that everyone, everyone, is created in the image of God. We believe that every single person, that, that God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny, that God is involved in human history, and, and that life isn't just random. Life isn't just, uh, he, he didn't just start the cosmos or the galaxies and, and started everything working, and, and then he just left it alone, that God actually is deeply involved in human events in mankind and what i love about the christmas story is it's this beautiful picture of god intersecting with human history where god is reaching down into the meaningless where god is reaching down into the the void where god is reaching down into the randomness of life and he's saying i'm involved i care I actually see what's happening and what is going on in your life. The Christmas story is this amazing picture of God intervening in the affairs of humankind, of your life and of my life. And so I just want us to look at the Christmas story just for a moment or a part of the Christmas story this morning. If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn there. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. Beginning at verse number one. And, and for those of you who are skeptical to the Bible or you're skeptical to church or you're watching online or, or whatever it is. And, and maybe you don't believe in the Bible or you don't believe in the scripture because of what your freshman professor teacher told you. And I get that and I understand that. But I just want you to listen to what these verses sound like. When, when Matthew is writing down this account of the beginning of Jesus' life and what we would call the Christmas story. Listen to how Matthew articulates this. Listen to how he writes in this very first verse. He says, the record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. He he says, hey, I've done the homework. And for the next 17 verses, he actually lists out Jesus' family tree. And he says, Abraham had Isaac and Isaac had Jacob. And and he goes on all the way to David. And then from David to the the Babylonian exile. And then after the Babylonian exile, all the way to Jesus' birth. Matthew is telling us this. Hey, I've got the birth certificates. I've got the social security cards. I've got the footprints. I know this is exactly who Jesus is related to. It doesn't sound like fairy tale. It doesn't sound like once upon a time in a little town called Bethlehem. It doesn't sound like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It doesn't sound like that. It reads like history. It reads like documentation. He's saying this is exactly who Jesus is related to. And then down in verse 18, this is what he says. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. And Matthew had no idea. Matthew had no idea the impact that it would have with what he was getting ready to tell. Cathedrals would be built because of this story. Books would be written. Wars would be fought. People would give up their lives for this story to leave the first century. Men and women would give up their lives so that the scripture could be written in a language that you and I and generations and generations of people would understand. Matthew had no idea the impact that him writing this story, this account, we call it the gospels, the good news, of him writing this down, the impact that it would have. And listen to what he goes on to say. Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Now, we don't know a lot about Mary and Joseph, But what we do know is they were probably like a lot of couples during that time period. Their parents sat them down and said, hey, Mary, you're going to marry Joseph. And we don't know if you guys love each other or not. You can work that out. But you are going to get married and you are going to have children and give your parents some some grandchildren. And all the grandparents said, amen. All right, exactly right. You're going to give us some grandchildren. And if you're lucky, you'll live long enough, maybe one day, to see your grandkids. And then you'll die. And you'll be another nameless face, another family, just another insignificant person that is thrown into the dustbin of history on the backside of the Roman Empire. No one will ever even know that you were here. But that's what I love about the bible because joseph and mary had no idea that we would still be talking about them we know that but they had no idea that we would still be talking about them thousands and thousands of years later they thought they were just another couple that were betrothed to be married and no one would ever know or hear their story And this is how the story goes. Before they came together, she, that's Mary, was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. This is where we insert hashtag surprise. Surprise, Joseph. To which no doubt Joseph is probably thinking, hey, God, hold on, time out, time out. This is not what I had planned for my life. All right, I was gonna meet Mary. We were gonna get married. Then we were gonna have kids. Not hey, my fiance is going to get pregnant and we don't even know who the dad is. I don't even know who the dad is. I mean, come on, God, there is no way that this can be part of the plan. This feels very random. This feels very unwanted. This feels very unexpected. God, there there is no way this can be part of the plan and the purpose. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly so Joseph says hey uh, God this I can't do this I'm sorry and and I'm not going to disgrace her and I'm not going to embarrass her and I'm not going to pull her out in front of the town and where we could rightfully from the book of Moses stone her because of what she's done I'm not going to do any of that I'll just I'll I'll just send her away silently but I'm not going to marry Mary Joseph said I'm going to take matters into my own hands have have any of you ever wanted to do that have any of you ever wanted, hey, I, I, I don't think this is what God's plan is, so I'm just going to take matters into my own hands and, and I'm going to do my own thing. And, and then uh, I'll figure it out later. But Joseph goes, Matthew goes on and, and says this, but when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jo- Joseph, this, this is something that's, it's not random. This is something that God's been planning all the way from the Garden of Eden, the, that God had a plan of salvation, that, that he, he has been involved in human history all the way from David, King David, the second king, one of the greatest kings of Israel. Joseph, he's your great, 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 great grandfather. You're, you're from his line. And God had made a promise to David that his son... One of his sons would sit on the throne and that his kingdom would rule forever and ever and ever and ever. Joseph, you're a part of God's plan. It's not random. It's not unexpected. God has been planning this throughout human history. Now, it took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. Behold, the virgin will be with child and she shall bear a son. And they will call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. (laughs) Hold on, God. God with us? God with us? Joseph, no doubt, is thinking in his mind, you know, God with us? It it doesn't feel like God is with us, angel. In, In fact, many of you know this from the book, of Malachi the very last book of the Old Testament to the beginning of the Gospels the New Testament there's over 400 years some theologians call this the 400 years of silence 400 years and the Babylonian empire had risen up and everyone thought Babylon's going to be forever and ever and ever and ever but it wasn't And then the Persian Empire rose up and everyone thought, the Persian Empire, that's going to be forever and ever and ever. And the Persian Empire lasted over 300 years. Now imagine this for a minute, okay? The United States of America as a nation, we're just a little bit under 250 years old. The Persian Empire lasted for over 300 years and everyone thought, Persia is going to be forever and ever and ever. It was the world power, but it wasn't. Because then a young man by the name of Alexander the Great, he rose up and Alexander flipped the kingdoms upside down and he took over the then known world in such a short amount of time that everyone thought the Greeks are forever and ever and ever and ever. But they weren't. Because then the Roman Empire came along. And that's the time of when Jesus was born when there became this common language and roads were built and the gospel could be taken around the world because God is involved in human history. God with us. Joseph no doubt is saying, God, we've had over 400 years of silent nights. We've had over 400 years of silence nights, God. It doesn't feel like you are with us. We haven't had a king. We haven't had a priest. We haven't heard from God. We haven't heard from you. There have been no prophets. What do you mean God is with us? And can I tell you something this morning? Just because God is silent doesn't mean he's absent. Just because God is silent doesn't mean that he is absent. absent. He is involved. He knows exactly where you are, exactly what you're facing, exactly what you're going through. Just because God is silent doesn't mean he is absent. So Matthew tells us, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary as his wife, but he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus, Jesus, and Matthew tells us that Joseph's life got very complicated, and you know the story, because all of a sudden he has a pregnant wife, and no one believes Mary and Joseph that an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and Joseph is probably no doubt saying, hey, angel, angel, (laughs) hey, can you come back down and explain this to my rabbi? Can you come back down and explain this to our parents? Our coworkers are giving us weird looks, Angel. You said that we were favored. You said that this would be the son of God. Angel, it doesn't feel like everyone is in agreement with what you're telling us. And then matters get worse. Caesar Augustus says everyone has to go back to their hometown to take a census. Over 120 miles, Joseph and Mary had to go. So Joseph comes home one day and says, hey, hun, i I've got some bad news and I've got some really bad news. We've got to go back to Bethlehem. And the best way for you to get there is on the back of a donkey, just like all of the children's Christmas programs teach us. On the back of a donkey. And you're gonna to have to ride for 120 miles on the back of a donkey. And all the women said, epidural. Why? Because you know exactly what it would feel like to be on the back of a donkey for 120 miles. Hey, angel, angel, can we get an Uber? Can we get a lift? Can we get something instead of a donkey for 120 miles? And then they get there. What happens? There's no room in the inn. In. Come on, angel, could you not use your Groupon? Could you not get on Expedia something? We don't need a California king. We just need a room to sleep in. My wife is going to give birth to a child where animals are all around us. Come on, angel, you're with us. God is with us. We are favored. We're special. You have us in mind. It doesn't feel like you're involved. It feels very unexpected, random unwanted, and then here's the part of the Christmas story that we can't think about for too long that we we normally skip over. Herod, he finds out that there's another king that's been born. If you know anything about Herod, he wasn't too keen on other kings and other leaders rising up, and so he gives the order that all the boys two years old and younger in the region of Bethlehem were to be slaughtered. Two years old and younger, we're going to be killed. And one morning, the Roman soldiers are on the end of the, town, the small town of Bethlehem. And that day, parents, young children are ripped out of their arms, and their kids are killed. Two years old, babies and younger are slaughtered. And it was probably, and I I know the, the edict was for all the little boys, but Roman soldiers were thorough, and they would rather go back and tell Herod, yeah, we killed a few little girls, but at least we didn't let any boys get away. And all of this was part of God's plan. And Mary and Joseph were given a heads up by another angel to leave, and so they flee for 200 more miles down to Egypt And they're as refugees, they're fugitives, they're having to hide from Herod and all of those soldiers, not knowing when their lives might be taken. And this was all part of God's plan. I mean, no doubt, Joseph and Mary had to live with this for the rest of their lives. Yeah, our baby was spared. But God, I mean, if you had the presence of mind to warn us, couldn't you have sent an angel to kill Herod or or to kill the soldiers or to do something incredible? Why? Why? And as you read through the Christmas story, it it feels random sometimes. It feels unexpected. It feels unwanted. Why would you, God, why would you allow for that to happen in my life? Why why would you allow for that to happen in the Christmas story? And and yeah, we romanticize it and we, we know it all worked out well, right? But years later, Mary would be there where she saw her boy that was promised to be the son of god that was promised to be the king forever and ever and ever they placed a crown of thorns on his head and they beat him to a, within an inch of his life and the romans had perfected cu- persecution or uh, crucifixion they had perfected crucifixion and they wanted to make a public humiliation of everyone so that everyone knew that you don't mess with the roman empire and Mary, favorite of God, family that, that is favorite of God, Joseph, your, your kingdom, your son's kingdom will go on forever and ever and ever. It, it doesn't feel like that. But had God lost control? No. This was at the very epicenter of where God was in control. This was at the very center of where God said, I'm going to be involved in human history. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, he says it this way, and I want to just read this verse to you really quick, and I'm about to close. In him, we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything. You know what that word everything means? Everything. Will you just say that with me? Everything. Everything. Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God is working out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Because if this is your life and you went to school and you graduated and and you were part of a sorority or fraternity, you got your job, you got married, you got kids, right? Right? But then life life happens and you hit a financial crisis and and life hands you a financial crisis or a job loss and now you're unemployed and you thought you were going to be the one to get the promotion. You you thought you were going to be with this company because you've already been with them for 15 years and that there was a lot more left that you had to offer. But now you've been let go. Or life comes along and it hands you this, a sickness. Some of you, you face sickness this year and you weren't planning on it. Or one of your kids has gotten sick and you're wondering to yourself, God, where does this fit into the plan? How does this fit into my life? God, this was, this was not a part of what my plan was. I didn't see this going this way. What about this one? death some of you have a lost loved one that you've lost this year and it was unexpected you you weren't expecting that and and it feels like life has been random and that this has been handed to you out of nowhere And, and how does how does this fit in in part of God's plan how how am I supposed to deal with this thing that it feels like life has handed to me Or this, separation. There's some of you who, your husband has left you this year. Your wife has left you. Your parents have gotten divorced. And and it feels random. It, It feels unwanted. It feels unexpected. And how does this fit in to the plans and the purposes that you thought God had for your life? And and here's the message that Matthew is telling us. Here's the message that I've come here to remind you of this morning, and it's just simply this. That when life hands you random, when life hands you unexpected events, when life hands you things that, that were unwanted and that you wish that you could take back, you wish that you could give back, what Matthew is telling us is remember this Emmanuel God is with you and when it feels random and when it feels unexpected and when it feels unwanted that God is right at the intersection of your life and you can choose like Joseph did he had an option you can choose to run away You can choose to ignore it. You can choose to run away from God. You can choose to say, you know what, I'm done. This wasn't part of the plan. It's way too much. It's way too complicated. I just can't handle it. Joseph could have done that. But he chose instead. I'm going to listen and I'm going to obey. And it doesn't matter what people think of me, it doesn't matter what my coworkers think of me, it doesn't matter what my parents think of me, I know that God is in control even in the midst of the randomness of life. I want to ask Pastor Brent and the worship team to come back and I'm going to ask our prayer team if you guys can make your way up to the front and just line up up here at the very front for me this morning. Because I I don't know where this sermon may land with you this morning, and I know we don't do this all the time, but I want to give you an opportunity because this year I know many of you have faced some of these things that I've placed on this tree. I know that many of you have faced unexpected, unwanted situations and circumstances in your life that you said, God, this does not feel purposeful. This does not feel like it's part of the plan. This does not feel like you are for me. It feels like you're against me. But hopefully, this story of Joseph reminds you today that God is not against you, but that God is for you. So if you'll stand with me this morning... And each of these prayer partners that are up here this morning, they care about you. And you don't have to tell your story. You don't have to go into all of the details of what you're facing. But maybe this morning you just want to come forward and just say, will you pray with me? Because I'm walking through a season. I'm walking through a time in my life where it just doesn't make sense right now. And I want to trust God and I want to believe that He's involved but right now it is very, very difficult for me to do that. See, I I don't know how you grew up in church but I know that I've heard growing up, hey, perfect faith is the faith that moves God. And and there's a certain amount of, of truth to that. But you know what I think perfect faith is? Perfect faith is the faith that moves us to trust God even when it feels like God isn't moving. It's the evidence of things hoped for and things not yet seen. We we can't see God moving in it. It feels like he's silent, but he's not absent. So as Pastor Brent leads us in a song, if you want prayer this morning, you're welcome to go ahead and come forward. And someone's right up here to pray with you. And if not, you're welcome to enter into worship just for these next few moments. But let's take a few moments to say, okay, God, I will trust you. Even in the midst of the unexpected, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the randomness of life, I will trust you. And I'll be back here to close us in prayer in a moment.